Welcome to Green Tea Conversations, a radio show that delves into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine to bring you the local experts who share their progressive ideas and the latest information and insights needed so you can lead your best life. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine, and I am honored to bring these experts to you. Today in our studio, we have Guy Odisha, the founder of Bhakti Wellness Center and a practitioner of microcurrent and cranial sacral therapies, and Fran Baganek, a licensed psychologist practicing holistic psychotherapy and practitioner of neuroimaging, neurofeedback, and heart rate variability training. Thank you for being with us today, Guy and Fran. Thank you for having us. So the two of you recently wrote or co-wrote an article for Natural Awakenings magazine in which you talked about a therapy you provide at Bhakti called Heart Rate Variability Training, or HRV. So to get us started, let's talk about what is HRV. Okay. So a, a, a complex topic, really. So often, if people have heard about it at all, they're aware of it more on kind of the you know, the Apple Watch level, something that runners do, cyclists do, they'll take their HRV as a measure of kind of um, either, you know, uh, you know, the strain they're putting on their system or their fitness level, right? So this is the most common way that HRV is, is discussed and thought about. And although that's all true, it is, it is the simplest and most superficial use of it. It has, has much more depth and science behind it. All right, so there's the, again, Apple Watch level of HRV, and then there's what uh, Fran and I do in the clinic. And they really couldn't be further apart in, in the sense of referring to the same thing. Right? We use incredibly expensive, high-tech equipment monitoring up to 10 different uh, biometrics and uh, statistical programming to determine somebody's uh, uh, heart rate variability. Again, very different than what happens when you use a simple device that maybe has one lead that, that estimates all of that. I'd say that's the biggest thing in the clinic when we're talking with people about this is to get them to understand the complexity. And in, in the complexity is why it's so valuable to know and why the HRV training is so effective. So I'll say a little bit about like wh what it is. Okay. So it's a combination of a couple of different things. So one is we're looking at the beat to beat difference, right? So many of us think of our heart rate. And so I say, well, my heart rate is, is you know, 60 beats per minute or 70 beats per minute. And we have these ideas of what's healthy and what's not healthy. So that's your average beats per minute. HRV is looking at the, the difference, the time difference from one beat to the next beat and then from that beat to the next beat, and that time changes. Right? So it's the, the beat to beat difference that we're looking at. And as a kind of predictor of health, the more variability there is in the time between beats, that is a considered a, a healthier system. But there's a reason for why that happens. It's not just somehow your heart magically beats at a diff different rate beat to beat, 
Um, it is based on physiological processes and it has a lot to do with the vagus nerve and it kind of what's called the vagal break and, and whether it, it slows or allows the heart to accelerate. And that has to do with autonomic tone and how well regulated the autonomic nervous system is. And that has to do with our overall health. Okay. So HRV is kind of a, a window into this very complex system and tells us something about how well it's regulating itself. And that as a, as a window into it can tell us a great deal about somebody's overall, what they call all-cause all mortality. Right. And so it's a, it's a very valuable and important metric and is trainable, and that's what gives it its value. And that's what I was just going to ask you is you, it's called heart rate variability training. So the information is provided to you. It tells you something, but then it also, I would imagine also allows you to be able to train yourself to respond differently. Yes. Fran, do you want to? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yep. So, um, yeah, so the, the training really is about um, providing feedback um, to uh, the individual as they are doing the training so that their system is learning how to um, pace itself um, in a way that is um, more consistent what, with what um, is kind of their optimal um, uh, way of uh, functioning, and so when we train with with um, in HRV, we're doing um, uh, breath pace training, and so um, it's a, a sequence that we go through when we train somebody in the clinic that starts with us um, getting what is called a resonance frequency, which is just really kind of the um, when the the heart rate and the breath are synchronized. Um, when that happens, uh, what the result is, is what Guy was referring to when the system is kind of functioning optimally. Um, and so the training um, initially um, identifies what the individual's resonance frequency is. Um, the average person, so we look at like breaths per minute um, and um, the average person is somewhere around six breaths per minute, but that can vary to 4.5 to seven, somewhere around that range. And it can be um, depending on the individual. So when we determine the resonance frequency, we're actually finding out at what um, breath per minute cycle does that individual system function um, more optimally. Once we have that information, then we can use that to them um, uh, through a period of uh, a few sessions um, to, to start um, pacing their breath to optimal. So for many people, um, the way they are normally breathing isn't necessarily what their resonance frequency is. Um, and so um, we can start um, kind of gradually moving them, kind of shaping their um, system to, to breathe more closely toward the resonance frequency. Um, so we can do that over the course of a, um, a several trainings. Um, and while what, um, while we are doing that training in the clinic, we are 
our equipment allows us to have access to all of those metrics that Guy was referring to that really help us to be able to guide the client um, so that they can um, more effectively move toward um, uh, uh, getting closer to being able to breathe, kind of naturally breathing at, at that resonance frequency. Um, and so that, that process is, is typically what we do in the clinic. And once I've um, gotten that training um, in the clinic, we start to introduce them to some uh, work that they can do at home. So they start doing homework in between the sessions and then um, uh, we can identify an app that they can use on their phone, their computer, that will allow them to do some of that practice in between the sessions. And then when they come back, we can work them to kind of tweak um, their, their training uh, so that they are um, getting the most effect, they, benefit that they can from the training. Um, for a lot of people, breath becomes very problematic and can cause a lot of um, anxiousness. And so um, that's also, I think, one of the benefits to doing training um, in the clinic with a practitioner who can kind of work with you on some of that as well, um, as opposed to so, just kind of grabbing Apple iWatch. So let me ask you, when you say it can become problematic, why can it become problematic? The anxiousness? The, yes. Why does it cause anxiousness with that breath work? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, people just, people, um, when people start to think about regulating their breath, um, if it is, uh, if their breathing is not, not optimal, it can start to create like a um, both a physiological and I think a, a psychological uh, sense of distress, um, and that can create some anxiousness or a panicky sort of feeling. Um, so, like I, I, I've had people, um, you know, when I've trained them with HRV, who as they start to kind of practice the the breathe the paced breathing in a session they can start to hyperventilate or you know um start to just feel really anxious about it i have um you know um had a client once who just insisted that i can't do this i can't do this and would just kind of get worked up about it and so that's the piece that i think is really beneficial to be doing this with a practitioner in the clinic is that you know we can be there to help to, to, to guide and mediate that some. Great. That is really interesting. I know right now I just want to let everyone know we are visiting with Guy Odisha and Fran Baganek, who are with the Bhakti Wellness Center, and we are talking about heart rate variability training. For people who would like to learn more about heart rate variability training and the other services that are provided at Bhakti Wellness, you can visit bhakticlinic.com, and that's B-H-A-K-T-I clinic.com, or call 612-859-7709. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about HRV, or heart rate variability training, and learn what some of the ailments or uh, ailments are that this can be used for. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings, visit naturaltwincities.com. 
You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine to talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're visiting with Guy Odisha, the founder of Bhakti Wellness Center, and Fran Bhaganik, a licensed psychologist and practitioner at the Bhakti Wellness Clinic. So just before the break, Fran, you were sharing with us about, uh, or Fran was sharing with us about some of the importance of having uh, learning this training within the clinic. And I know, uh, Guy, you had some other things that you'd like to add to that, why it's so important for people to be able to do this within the clinic instead of just maybe trying to learn it off their Apple iWatch. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that I hear in a question as we share this with clients as a, as a possible avenue to pursue for their well-being is, uh, why do I need to do this in the clinic? Uh, can I just breathe slowly at home? And the answer is, you know, yes and no. And, and the, the, the no part of it is there's this thing called the, the barrow reflex. And every individual person has their own unique uh, barrel reflex. And it's a stretch receptor in the vasculature that is part of controlling blood pressure, right? And so it's it's, it's a feedback loop in our system for when our uh, vessels dilate or constrict and how, how much blood can move through with what force, right? So we have this baroreceptor reflex. And part of what we're doing in the clinic when we're doing what's called the resonant frequency determination, which is figuring out what breath rate is proper for a person. Uh, as Fran mentioned, it can vary. Six is the average, but if if you, if you, you know, Candy, if we're doing this with you and your resonant frequency was really uh, 6.5 and we had you breathing at six, that might be really dysregulating for your system, right? Okay. So you're, you're doing something that, and you might even experience it as feeling good. Um, but if we're looking at what's happening in your other biometrics, we might see your autonomic nervous system is getting more and more dysregulated at six breaths. But if we shifted you to 6.5, all of a sudden everything settles and this harmony um, starts to be produced by the resonance between the different systems. And the feeling of that is is utterly different than the feeling of being relaxed. Right? And so you're able to give people that information yeah. in real time as they're in the clinic. Correct. We're able to kind of adjust it as you're, as you're visiting with them, as you're going through their appointment. Yes. So we, we, we do this, this thing called the resonant frequency determination and it, and it tells us um, again, what is their beat to beat difference? So that part of it, and then what is this barrel receptor? And those, those are the two main rhythms that we kind of extract from the data and we try to bring the body so that those two rhythms come into harmony with one another. And we can bring in a few other ones, but that's the idea, right? Is this idea of resonance. We're bringing more of the body functions into resonance with one another, and it creates a state of ease. There's just a harmony where the heart isn't working over against the vasculature, but the heart 
and the vasculature are working together. And the heart and the nervous system and the vascular system are working together. So we have this harmony building. And when one finds that state, it really feels like that. Like it, it has this very kind of pleasant uh, quality of ease. And that, so that's the value of doing clinic-based heart rate variability is really finding what is right for a person because what we see is that's what brings the results, right? So if you are breathing at a pace that's slow but not yours, you'll get maybe 30% of the benefit. But if we get you dialed into your right frequency, now potentially you have access to 100% of the benefit. And, and that's a big difference when you're talking about health outcomes over against somebody who's just doing it safe for relaxation. Great. So Fran, maybe you can share with us some of the maybe ailments or some of the things that can really benefit from using uh, heart rate variability training. Sure. So um, th that ease that Guy is talking about, the harmony in the system, um, the way I think about that is the impact that that then has on the individual is um, a flexibility is the, the word that I oftentimes use. There's a, a physiological flexibility, um, so um, it can be beneficial for um, blood pressure, for um, kind of uh, other cardiac functioning. Um, also cognitive flexibility and behavioral flexibility. So the cognitive flexibility is um, the one, I think when you know we wrote the article, we sort of focused a little bit more on that. But it really is about um, having a more flexible, um, like executive functioning system, one that is able to um, just uh, like move more smoothly between tasks, and so that can can have a positive effect on um, your ability, um, your working memory, your ability to not only encode but also kind of recall and retrieve information. Um, that kind of a flexibility um, uh, with uh, problem solving and um, like any kind of organizational planning that is part of that executive functioning. It also um, benefits like emotional and self-regulation. Um, and so that, again, that idea of flexibility and being able to kind of um, switch and, and move between states more, um, more easily. It doesn't mean that, you know, there isn't like a, a moment of, oh, I, forgot where this is, but, um, you know, better ability to kind of retrieve that or, um, you know, if you are in the, the midst of a stressful um, experience, that your your system is better able to kind of just move with that um, because it has what Guy was talking about, we, your, your system is more in harmony. And so um, the, the both the physiological and the cognitive flexibility then influence the behavioral flexibility um, when so so for someone who is say my age <laughs> and uh, maybe having some of the effects of you know brought on with menopause where we talk about having real br brain fog problems that type of thing as we age sure. is this something that mm -hmm. people would get a benefit from by uh, using the heart rate variability Sure. You, you know, when I think about, and Guy, you um, can chime in 
here too, but when I think about um, heart rate variability, um, I think about it more less as a treatment and more as a facilitating um, health and harmony in the system, which then results in being better able to um, either manage symptoms when they come up or maybe less um, frequency of those kinds of symptoms. Very good. Yep. Well, when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about that and continue to talk about how we can use that for overall uh, wellness. To learn more or to make an appointment, visit bhakticlinic.com. And again, that's B-H-A-K-T-I.com or call 612-859-7709. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. Conversations where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine to talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're visiting with Guy Odisha and Fran Baganik of the Bhakti Wellness Centers. And uh, just before we went to break, I had kind of brought up about possibly the symptoms that HRV can can help with. And um we started to talk about that a little bit. So Guy, I'm going to ask you to kind of expand on that for us, if you would. Sure. Yeah. So I always like to kind of dodge that question of what, what symptoms does this treat? Um, and for, for good reason, I mean, it, it's kind of factually based, but it's also kind of philosophically based, right? So we can say that we, there's two general schools of, of healthcare. There's disease care, and healthcare. So one is about looking at pathology in the, in the body and doing treatments that try to eradicate or minimize the pathology, right? So we call that disease care, and that constitutes most of Western medicine. And then there's this idea of healthcare or positivistic medicine that isn't about focusing on the pathology, it's focusing on health and creating and generating more health with this general kind of assumption that if you have more health, the health will, will shift the environment such that the pathology cannot persist. Right. So it's, yeah. So there's these two general philosophies and HRV. One of the things that I, I love about it is that it, it very much lives in this middle ground, right? It has, uh, a strong Western medicine research-based uh, kind of clinical aspect to it, but its but its advocacy is about creating health, right? So that's unique to find in in kind of the Western medicine side of things. So that's part of why I kind of try and dodge the question, right? Does HRV treat anxiety? Well, no, but can 
does somebody who have has anxiety benefit by doing HRV? Quite likely. Like there, there's, there will be a benefit. Will that directly reduce or eliminate their anxiety? I don't know. But again, to, to have that conversation, then I'd have to target the anxiety as a pathology that we're trying to get rid of versus saying what I want to do with a person is I want to help them create more health. And as a consequence, if their anxiety is ameliorated or eliminated, great. So it's a, it's a shift of the intention of the practitioner, but also we invite our clients to join us in what I like to think of as the cultivation of health rather than the fight against disease, right? It's not what I want to get rid of. It's what I want to get. Right. Right. So, so you know, and it, that's not just straight philosophy. We, it, it is based on really sound principles, uh, that are reproducible in the clinic and we see it happen all the time. So, so this isn't just mere um, like positive affirmation, think positively and it'll all be okay. Not that. Right. <laughs> so, so it is to say with, with something like heart, heart variability, part of what we're doing is trying to eliminate um, disharmonies, dysregulation in the system and move the system into a more optimal functioning. And what we find is often removing the dysregulation is it's the dysregulation that's leading to the thing we call say anxiety or depression um, or kind of antisocial behavior or I mean, we're, those are all things that are, we kind of put into the mental health category. But we also talk about like HRV as a predictor for something like cancer or cardiovascular disease or type two diabetes, right? So it doesn't have to be mental health. It can be straight up physiological health and shifting, you know, doing an HRV training can help those conditions, right? It can help change one's trajectory towards developing it. Or if one has already developed it, it can help uh, minimize the presentation of that condition such that one might no longer be diagnosed with it. We would never say, that HRV treated that condition. Mm -hmm. It just eliminated the situation that allowed that particular behavior to manifest. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so Fran, give us an idea of perhaps uh, a client who you worked with, you know, what would be like a typical client coming in and what could be the results that they might see? And so I don't want to give, have you not asking you to give us a specific client, but give us an yep. idea yep. of someone. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, a typical client, um, again, that uh, could be a look like a variety of things. Perhaps somebody who is um, experiencing, um, you know, uh, a certain level of distress in life and is having a hard time coping with it. Um, so they, you know, and so the difficulty coping may, um, appear as anxiety or lack of motivation, um, a uh, uh, lot of, uh, cognitive, uh, processing issues, that sort of thing. And so they would be a very appropriate client to look at doing HR meaning with, um, perhaps somebody who has, um, uh, chronic pain. 
um, like things like fibromyalgia, that those, you know, history with that, um, oftentimes they can benefit um, significantly from um, HRV training um, in the clinic. And then again, anybody like um, any like anybody that I do neurofeedback with generally is getting HRV done as well, um, HRV training. And so then that opens us up to people with um, all, all kinds of um, ex experiences, traumatic brain injury, um, you know, uh, OCD, uh, just of um, ADHD. Again, because it is that HRV is pro providing that regulation that can just then facilitate improvement in whatever it is that that um, individual is experiencing. Okay. So I know that you guys have equipment. So we talked about, you know, as part of this, as part of this um, program that you have, as part of this um, HRV, that they are also then practicing that outside of the time that you're with them. And so you actually have equipment, <clears throat> excuse me, equipment that you uh, lease to your clients, correct? We do. So if we speak specifically about uh, heart rate variability training, right, to, the, there's a broader question here, but we'll kind of stay on this track for a moment. Um, what we like to do is have somebody come in and do the um, resonant frequency determination so that we can give them what their actual breath rate is and have an understanding of how to set up their uh, training. Because again, we will see that a, a person's habit might be to breathe at 17 breaths per minute. Right? So that feels like normal for them, but their resonant frequency might be five. Well, that's a big distance from 17 to five. And so when we ask them to start breathing at five, they struggle, they grapple, they might become panicked or it's just too big of a leap. So then the training part is them stepping down from 17 to 12 to nine, working towards five. But we know five is their physiology, but 17 might be more of a blend of, of their physiology and psychology. Mm -hmm. So we'd like to do that resonant frequency determination. Then um, we'll you know, give them a choice of different apps they could download for their phone. Many of them are free. Some cost a couple of dollars, but we, we let the person decide which app makes them happy, the interface, the sounds, everything. Um, and then they can just use a simple app to be a breath pacer that, will, that they can set to breathe at, again, if we're going to step them down, say, to 12 and then to 10 and like that. They can manage their own practice on their own with that app and do their 20 minutes a day and work themselves down. And then it part was of something our, I was just going to ask you, is this something that is ongoing or do you do it for a certain amount of time? Yep. So what we, what we hope to happen in a training is that we get a person to be able to, to breathe at their resonant frequency and, and they're comfortable. So really then that, that first part of the training has happened. And that can be really simple for some people or really uh, time intensive for other people, right? But we get them there. Then the idea is to uh, generalize that practice so that it isn't just a, a kind of formal practice you do at home for 20 minutes, but you start doing it um, when you're driving, when you're having a conversation with a friend, when you're out for a walk, so that you start to, to teach your system to do this paced breathing all the time 
and it becomes an automatic, it's a habit. Mm -hmm. The moment your system starts to feel a little dysregulated, it knows what to do. It knows to shift to this pace breathing, settle everything down, and on you go. But we want to move that from a conscious, intentional practice to a learned behavior that just happens automatically. And that's what HRV training is about, like the whole thing. So yes, a person might need to do it regularly for a period of months, but then it, it becomes a, a habit that's you know ingrained and then often that will continue on for life and you never have to think about it again. Although that's one amazing. might enjoy the practice and do the practice anyways, but that's our yeah. hope. Well, well, and then, so, you know, I think that's another really important aspect. So it seems like that's a really important thing is to be able to have something that you're teaching people how to use. So Fran, I know you're, you're pretty much in charge of the rental portion of this program uh, for the equipment. So why don't you just quickly kind of give us an idea of what that is? Sure. So um, Guy talked with you about kind of what we do with um, clients in terms Tra specific training in HRV and and their their home practice with that, and then oftentimes we will pull in um, other technology that we know is beneficial for, um, in working with heart rate variability. So we have um, audio visual trainment units that we oftentimes will um, use um, with clients, and um, we have those um, for rental at the clinic or purchase. Um, some oftentimes um, frequency specific microcurrent um, is an appropriate one as well and so we have units with that um, for people who are struggling with pain issues we rent hypervolts um, to them and all of those um, uh, technologies are also and equipment is also available for purchase through the clinic great so thank you for that for people who want to learn more visit bhakticlinic.com you are listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine to bring you the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we are talking with Guy Odishaw and Fran Beganek of the Bhakti Wellness Center. Now, Guy, you guys have created this new program that you are offering called the Essential Worker Program. And can you tell us about this? This is really something that I am just so impressed with. Happily. So this really came out of, of course, what's happening with uh, COVID-19 and, and certainly the, the pandemic. And then eventually what happened with the shelter in place and many businesses like ours being shut down. And so at Bhakti, we have 30 providers. During the shutdown, three of our 30 were working and the rest had to be shut down. So uh, as a group of people who, what we do and how we're wired is to care for people, we found ourselves quite frustrated. And you know, 
watching the news, talking to friends and family, we would hear about this category of people, the essential workers, uh, frontline workers, mostly healthcare, but also um, fire, EMS, uh, grocery store workers. Uh, there was these people who were still, we needed them to go to work and, and to some degree put themselves in harm's way to keep uh, essential services going. So, you know, we asked ourselves, like, like, what could we do to give back? And out of that came this idea of the, the free care campaign, which was to offer uh, a month of free care to essential workers. And so we decided on, like, how could we do that? And that was, we could do it in our community services. So services that aren't one provider, one client for one hour. That was, was too, uh, we couldn't serve enough people. Mm-hmm. We're doing community acupuncture, uh, community bioelectric medicine, and uh, chiropractic care. The chiropractic care fits because visits can be relatively short. And, and so this would allow us, so right now, our, our capacity is that we can see about 120 people a week through this program. Wow. And that's what we were looking for, was how can we deliver as much care as possible because the need is so great. So there's three different um, three different services that you're offering, plus you have a rental program that leads right into what we've already been talking about with the heart rate variability. So Fran, maybe you can give us an idea about what that par- portion of the program is. Sure. And um, it isn't a rental program. Program. It is a loaner program, and so we are. Um, what we are doing with that is um, offering free loan of audiovisual entrainment units to um, hospital facilities, so that their workers can use them on site. And audiovisual entrainment units. Um, can help people um, who are um, struggling with anxiety, have high levels of stress, are having difficulties with sleep issues, um, all of the things that we might imagine um, people working in healthcare systems are experiencing through this pandemic. And so um, what our program does is offers them the use of an audiovisual entrainment unit. We train them how to use it. We let them use it um, uh, on site and their workers get the benefit of that. And we have a couple of clinics, um, specialist clinics that are um, utilizing those systems um, right now. And, so and if, I were, if I were a healthcare worker working in a facility that, that doesn't have this, how would I go about, you know, making it happen in my, in my facility? Sure. So, uh, good question. Um, so, I, I would imagine, you know, talking with a supervisor, finding, you know, perhaps talking with um, HR to find out how to make this happen. Um, the we have the in the systems that have our units right now. We have reached out to um, people who are kind of in management types of positions there, um, and they have kind of started the ball rolling. But I think anybody working in a healthcare system could just kind of start accessing their chain of command, so to speak, um, and let them know they're interested in this, have them contact Bhakti. And you'll get set up with that. Yeah, absolutely. So Guy, coming back to you now, the three services that you are providing as a part of this, one of them you said is community acupuncture. So what is the difference between regular acupuncture and community acupuncture? Sure. Um, so, and then I'll add to it, we have um, uh, socially distanced 
community acupuncture. So we're being sure to emphasize that. So typically community acupuncture is a large room. You have five recliners and you're being treated in that community setting. For this program, because of the pandemic, we're doing only two people in that large room. So people are 12 feet apart. Um, and we stand at all, follow all of the uh, health guidelines relative to um, keeping a, a, and maintaining a sanitary environment so people are safe um, in the clinic. We have a mask all the time policy. Um, but so, so community acupuncture is the idea of you're not in a private room one-on-one um, -on -one with the practitioner for a 50-minute session. You do a, a relatively quick intake. You're needled in weight, so typically arms, uh, legs, ears, so places that are easy to access in a um, community setting. One just wears comfortable clothing uh, to the session. Sleeves can be rolled up, pant legs can be pulled up. And it's highly effective. I mean, community acupuncture, when you look at outcomes, outcomes are actually better than private acupuncture. Hmm. And part of the reason is that understanding that, that healthcare delivered in a community setting has better outcomes. Even if you were going in for you know, blood pressure visits, those go better in a community setting. So, so what are the other two services as we kind of wrap up our, our time together? Yeah, so chiropractic care. Um, so you'll get a, an exam and adjustment and that's at no cost and you can come as many times as you want, right? So, wow. uh, and the same with community acupuncture. We don't limit this to uh, an essential worker to say you can only come once or three times or just people are coming, you know, we have some people that are coming to the clinic five times a week, having their adjustment, having their acupuncture, and then seeing me for the bioelectric medicine, which might be the audiovisual entrainment, it might be uh, paced breathing, it might be microcurrent therapy, infrared therapy, low-level light therapy, lots of options in the bioelectric medicine, but people coming in uh, multiple times a week to receive care and, and really try and recharge their batteries after um, just exhaustive work. I just have to say, you guys, it is, it is just so generous of you, so generous of the practitioners there that you're doing this for people. And so for people who are essential workers, who work in hospitals, work for the fire departments, EMS, or grocery stores, they would be qualifying for this program and they should, you should contact the Bhakti Wellness Clinic or visit bhakticlinic.com. That's B-H-A-K-T-I clinic.com. Or you can call 612-859-7709. Thank you for joining the conversation as we awaken to natural health. To read the online edition of Natural Awakenings magazine or to check out our complete online calendar of events, visit naturaltwincities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on am950radio.com or Apple and Google Podcasts. You've been listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and I am wishing for you a lovely day. Love it, love it, love it.